0: Hi, my name is Paul Ford and you are listening to Track Changes, the official podcast of Postflight, a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue. And I am joined today by our occasional co-host, Gina Trapani. Hello, Paul. Gina, what do you do here at Postlight?
1: Well, Paul, I'm a partner here at Postlight and a director of engineering, and I occasionally co-host the podcast. Thank you for having me today.
0: It's great to have you here. Should we tell the people what Postlight is and what it does? Let's do that. So Postlight is a digital product studio, which means we make the apps that you hold in your hand on your phone or the ones that you use in your web browser. It also means we build the platforms underneath the apps that make them go. Gina... Have you ever built a platform? A couple, just a few. (laughs) Just a dozen. Um, So who do we have in the studio today?
1: Today, I am so excited to have in the studio with us, Jen Schiffer. Hi. Community engineer at Glitch,
2: or I should say, I guess, at Fog Creek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get the a lot of times people are like, "Oh, you work at this new company called Glitch." And I'm like, "Oh, I know. I work on a product called Glitch at Fog Creek." And then they stop listening halfway through there. <laughs> Ye old product
1: yeah. and company name. <laughs> yes.
2: Split. I understand. Yeah.
0: So, let's let's break some of the things down a little bit, right? So, I know you mostly by following your Twitter for many years mm-hmm. where you have many strong opinions about many things. Mhm. And you took this job at Glitch, it feels like not too long ago.
2: I've been there for about seven months. Okay. Oh, that's longer than I realized. Cool.
0: Tell the people, what is Glitch?
2: Glitch at glitch.com is an in-browser editor um, that auto-deploys your code. There's a bunch of these that already exist. Glitch allows you to build full-stack apps as opposed to just front-end or static Stuff You can still do front and static, but we have a focus on node applications. But basically, you get your own free container, big computer, as I call them, and you can just create the app of your dreams. Um, And we are building community around it. We're trying to make it a social coding platform so that you can see what other people are making. You can remix their projects, which is kind of like cloning projects on GitHub, except you don't have to worry about how to get those projects on the internet. We put them on there for you. I mean, the history of Fog Creek is building tools to lower the barriers for developers to build great things. And Glitch is just like the next part of that story.
1: So when I set up a project on Glitch, I don't have to like configure Webpack and put together my Docker container and set up my AWS deploy job. Like I just...
0: All right, you both are extremely nerdy. So I need to jump in <laughs> and advocate for the listener a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, Let's, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. start unpacking this. So let's tell people what is Node.
2: Node is a server-side library for writing... Server-side code in JavaScript.
0: Right. So before before Node, you could you really only wrote JavaScript for the browser with with right. some exceptions. Yeah. Node took the browser engine out of Chrome, the Google Chrome, and put it on the on the on the server, meaning any computer really. And so suddenly you could run really fast JavaScript anywhere. But people would do it mostly in like a text editor or an IDE. Yeah. So Glitch is kind of a way to do that in the browser, right? What is a container? Oh, man. I actually don't know the answer to yeah. this one. A full disclosure. Like, yeah. So, like so many things.
2: I always try to th- So I used to work with virtual machines a lot. Like I used to do consulting. Mm-hmm. And so anytime we started a new project, we'd have the harrowing... Week long setting up our local dev environment, and then whenever somebody new joined the project, we'd have to go through the harrowing setting up their local dev environment. And containers allow us to. So instead
0: of like doing it on the on the native machine, right. you're like making a virtual machine that runs a software. Yeah, okay. like a,
2: so, like with, in in VM terms, like you're taking a snapshot. So like imagine if you're not a developer but you have a computer. Imagine you lost your computer and you get a new computer. All of the work that's going to go into making your new laptop have the same stuff that your other laptop has. It's a nightmare. Nobody wants to do it. So with containers, you can basically like have your so-called laptop running immediately exactly what... The other computer was before.
0: And when you're a developer, you kind of need lots of different environments to play around with and work with, right? Because you're yeah. you're sort of dealing with computers in the abstract, not just the one in front of you. Yeah. Okay. So Especially
2: when you're doing consulting and you're working on different projects and different types of you know applications.
1: I'm familiar with this.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Problems. So, yeah.
0: yeah. So you're a big VM fan.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was super into sun products when I was in college. Oh, I was wow. okay. I was doing work with Open Solaris and stuff and then I kind of fell out of it when Oracle bought them. But it, it was
0: a disappointing day.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I was like very young and I was just like Wait, everything about this new—I was just learning about open source, and then I'm like, "Wow, all this can just be like taken away by like a large company," and then I became an anarchist.
0: <laughs> that was that was the trigger. <laughs>
2: was
0: it. So literally, you were going like Java's pretty cool, yeah. and I like Solaris.
2: Java, NetBeans, like OpenOffice. This is gonna be great forever. You and me both. <laughs> you and me both. Really? Totally. You
0: were Gina was
1: into Solaris, <laughs> <And> <laughs>
2: well, then,
1: I was in Java.
2: Yeah sure
0: java well that's a tricky story right yeah yeah do you guys miss java
2: uh i still do write java here and there and i do some mentoring of current college students who are still learning java so i'm not doing any i'm not like building galaxy collision simulators like i used to but i still I feel help like out you do students. that
0: once right do you have to like how many times do you have to <sighs>
2: you know it's physics dying science who knows how.
1: <laughs> G- gina do
0: you miss java
2: Java lives on in the Android world, yeah. my friend. Oh, you're,
1: yeah. right, you're I mean, right. Java I is alive thinking?
2: and well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do you do do you do native apps at Post or is it all web? I, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you're mm-hmm. still dealing with Android. We also yep.
0: do a lot. We do actually uh increasingly more with React Native, but then you are always sort of falling yeah. back. So
2: falling back on native code. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think I think Android when that came out. I thought that that was great. One, well, I'm, I'm not really, I'm very pro open web, not making native apps kind of stuff, but I do like what Android did to not make me have to explain the importance of Java to people because like Android brought it back. Yep. I still think Java has some of the best tooling of any of the languages I've worked on. I've worked with a lot of languages. And so when people now are like waxing poetic about how hard JavaScript is now, I'm kind of like, well, you know, maybe we should look back at the older languages that we were talking smack about for the past ten years. What
0: was your preferred development environment back in the day?
2: So, I was working out of this IDE called JGrasp that came with my textbook um, oh. when I learned Java, and I actually really liked it. It was very simple. It didn't have all that many buttons. I'm very much a minimalist. I don't like to add a ton of plugins. I don't mind typing out things. I kind of internalize better when I make mistakes and have to fix them myself than having the editor do that for me. Like
0: actually programming.
2: Right, okay. right. Uh, and then Sorry, and then and just, then, that's I, like a yeah Yeah,
0: that then, that's not a popular opinion yeah, anyway. No, okay. I
2: know, I know. And then and, and now I work on an editor as a product and I get right. to hear all those things. But uh, then I got into writing PHP and then I got somehow sucked into the certified Zend PHP world and- Zend, let's tell
0: everybody what Zend is. (sighs) is. This is important.
2: Zend is like a framework, a PHP framework created by the people who like work on PHP, I guess and it is the biggest proprietary piece of bullshit it's, <laughs> like, it's a lot it's and and i remember i worked on a project with it and the client was like yelling at me cuz he's like oh like the license for zen studio which is just eclipse with zen autocomplete costs like five hundred dollars a year and what
0: would zen let you do i can't even remember
2: it lets you write software and abstractions where the methods have no fewer than 500 characters in the name which is why (laughs) zen studio is so important
0: (laughs) help help, help the listeners just a little bit a little bit so like was it object relational modeling would it put stuff in the database what did it do I don't
2: remember it, it it just did what php did but like for with the end enter- in the name of everything. for the enterprise yeah yeah like right now there's like a lot of controversy in the node community and a few people have forked node and like i mean there's tons of node forks but this one they forked it it's called uh io a y o which is like sort of a play on the previous node fork io and which was
0: just letter. And I, and I
2: remember out. thinking, like, when this all happened, like, last week, because they're still in the thick of that controversy, like, the first thing they have to do is go in and find and replace node with IO. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like Zen PHP was like, let's just take PHP and all the functions and just prefix each of them with Zend underscore.
0: Do you have a hypothesis on why there's that's so- not what
2: it is, but that's just my idea.
0: <laughs> why is there so much drama in the node community?
2: Because it's new it's new and I think that and it's it's, it's hard to talk about because a lot of my friends um, especially the ones who bring like diversity inclusivity to the no community are part of the IO fork and the rest are mostly white dudes who are coming off as manipulative but I don't think they're like that socially smart enough to be manipulative I think that they're just so used to not having any boundaries and now they're finally like hitting like pushback and it's a community issue and I feel like people are forgetting that you don't just have to fork like a code base you can fork a community like I'm not on any of these like boards or foundations and stuff like that and like node had nothing until the original iojs fork and then they created the node foundation which is part of the linux foundation and then they have like the working group and then the community group and there's like there's just so many things and I'm like, this is really boring and I'm not going to be involved in them because I already get yelled at on the internet. Why am I going to spend more time getting yelled at on the internet? I'm just going to write Node. And I work on a product which I think, even ignoring my bias, is probably one of the most exciting Node-related projects to be happening right now. And so I have, we have a hand in this cookie jar. Like We want the the community to thrive, but I also don't think that the community as exists right now is not the right one. So I'm kind of looking forward to, you know, we can retain that code base and just have other people do their own thing. I don't know. I, On the technical side of things, like I think the diversity of code libraries is not the same thing as diversity of people designing and developing software. Mm -hmm. I think that if you have a technical working group that are all men, and they're all assholes and you just have to deal with bullshit in order to be a part of that. I don't think that's as pressing an issue to make diverse and inclusive as if you had a consulting team or a software product team where they were all men who were jerks because you are closer to the user when you're working on a product versus when you're working on like the node platform. Like my dad doesn't give a shit like about what the node community like Node Core group looks like, but he would care if someone making a product that he's using doesn't consider, like, his needs as, like, an older man or, or a less able man.
1: But doesn't it all kind of count a little bit, though? Like, doesn't it, it make does, the product yeah. teams less likely or less
2: wanting to use these tools if... That's the issue. The
1: boards and foundations are all, you yeah
2: know. Yeah, yeah, and this is something that I encountered when I worked at Boku doing consulting was that we would have clients that and this is another controversy that's going on in JavaScript, uh, React became pretty big, and I was super into it. I love React. Um, I just really enjoyed riding that learning curve more than the other frameworks. And then when it came to a client saying, what should we do, what should we use? And I'd be like, let's try React. Then it's like that patent clause that Facebook added to, to React that yeah. is complete, like, I, I wouldn't worry about it, but just the fact that they added it complicates things and I'm not a lawyer and so then my job as a consultant is like trying to figure out how to explain to a lawyer a company that might have a lawyer like why it's okay to use react and large, it's like this is way be- this is beyond my pay grade at this point point. and
0: large organizations their reaction to li- like my reaction to licensing as someone who likes to hack around it's like ah well whatever it's fine like it's facebook they don't care yeah. but then you go work anywhere big or deal with anybody big and they're yeah. like our 35 licensing team person licensing team will need to ha- sit down with need
1: you yeah why? i mean-
2: I, I worked at the MBA on the stats.mba.com and I got into trouble because I had a fake license in one of my open source libraries that my coworker had used and the the manager the cio had seen this license it was like the jen schiffer license oh, you no. use this you owe jen million dollars <laughs> like, so i good. heard the cio yell my full name like across oh. it's like cubicle nightmare like and i'm just like what and he's like what is this license i'm like oh no it's like just a joke i'll remove it because he's immediately like remove everything Jen is like done and blah, blah, blah. So, Get so, R. so yeah and that's and that's like a, you were just having... oh no we used CVS oh, oh wow. <laughs> one login and tortoise CVS yeah that classic glass shatter noise whenever there was a merge conflict which was always because we had one login to it <laughs>
0: There's some very upsetting sounds in it's computer. It's a media history. company,
2: not a tech company.
1: But right. but ha- hearing your full name across like the open floor. That happens in yeah. my PM sometimes. And when she says my name aloud, I'm like, oh, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> this is not yeah. gonna the next ten minutes aren't gonna be good for me.
2: Yeah. And I I mean on that floor, I was like the only woman. He could have just said woman. <laughs> like <laughs> at least he used my name. <laughs> it's
0: a sports-oriented company, it's Yeah. What are you to
1: yeah. yeah. Shiver. <laughs>
0: All right, let's come back. To, so, Glitch, <laughs> Glitch, <laughs> in addition to inheriting all the complexity of the modern JavaScript world and open source ecos- ecosystem and all the problems that are there, is a way to help people program. Yeah. Okay. So, what do I see when I go there? What happens me- to me? I'm a guy. I like to program. What do I? What happens at Glitch?
2: So if you go to glitch.com, it takes you to what we call our community site. There's a number of categories, information about Glitch. Categories are um, types of apps that you can see that we've curated. My favorite example to tell um, seasoned developers is like imagine never having to roll your own auth again. Like I've built sure. a couple of OAuth apps that you can remix and then build on top of that, so right. you don't have to do that.
0: Because that's true. User management, login, log out. Those yeah. are like years of your life go to those. As
2: yeah, yeah. Every project. Yeah, okay, every so, single one. So, so like, here,
0: literally, I push a button. Yeah,
1: or
2: yeah. Or you click push a, a button. click a rectangle. Yeah, and okay. then you know, depending on what um, API. Like, you're using, like, if it's a GitHub OAuth, you have to, like, get your GitHub keys. Um, every glitch project has a .emv file where you can put those secrets in. And you can see those secrets, but if people remix your project or they view the source of your project, they don't see the secrets. So, okay, so it's a I'm I'm way a s- to deploy stuff like that.
0: I'm a relatively skilled person. I've done this all before. And... What you've done for that kind of user, you're saying, is like I just took away a lot of that stress. Like, yeah. you want to get something started, you don't want to roll your own OAuth solution. Just use ours. Yeah,
2: you don't okay. even want to like spin up an AWS instance or like go through all of that. I mean, I I do a lot of education and teaching people how to code, and usually at the end of a two hour intro to HTML course, they have like an index.html page with, like, an image and a list. So I usually do, like, recipe card kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when I move on to the JavaScript portion, it's like, how about a recipe book where you can paginate through those things? But at the end of the int- HTML course, like, great. What's the link to this? How do I show this to, like, my kid? Or, like, how do I look at this later? And it's like, oh, uh, uh, That's a whole other yeah, course. Yeah, it's <laughs> a whole other course. Even I mean, I did, I did DevOps at Boku and for a brief period of time. Boku
0: is a, like a JavaScript-focused consulting firm, right?
2: Yeah. In yeah. Boston? Boku is a, a, a development agency that's like focused on JavaScript. Um, sometimes PHP, like WordPress stuff. Sure. Um they're, they're headquartered in Boston, but they're fairly remote. Okay. Last I checked, yeah.
0: And so um, so you were dealing with this stuff at Boku and now...
2: And you're... it's hard. Like I was... Creating, I was writing Ansible and and Terraform and setting up a way to auto deploy our services. And I mean, one Friday afternoon, I with a single command and ignoring the terminal like output, brought down the entire infrastructure of the company.
0: That's good. And
2: took me like eight hours to get it back, which is actually pretty good. Yeah, which said a lot about how we had set it up, and we learned a lot in the process. But it's like it's a scary terrifying stressful like i like lost 10 years off of my life that one afternoon and so
0: do you know what's the worst thing you ever
1: broke oh i've broken so many oh, things no paul and and this isn't about me let's uh <laughs> <laughs> let's keep talking about what things general. Whenever... no but, but like <laughs> cosign that just devops in general is, is difficult and it's this whole other thing getting things live yeah. uh and managing those environments and uh, it also
0: yeah. isn't a real structured discipline except when it decides to be like like you go to the wiki page for devops and it's it's like hard to know where to begin and when to end. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's the science and art of bringing servers up and down and programming on yes. top of them. And, yes. and calling it DevOps makes it sound like it's all worked out. Like, oh, yeah, I got my DevOps degree, but it's chaos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: DevOps is like the construction company building a building and then like the fire department waiting to put out fires. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's, yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's like, I'm I'm happy to like not... Ha- like. When I when I joined Fog Creek it was like a few months until I was willing to set up my dev environment. <laughs> sure. I was you were like, that traumatized. I was just like I need like I need like three months before I have to type Vagrant up into a terminal. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: And this is the, this is the thing about Glitch that's exciting to me because I I can't stand all the setup and deploy yeah. stuff. Like I just want to build. Yeah. Um. And that's what it really takes away.
0: You know what I would say is when you want to build, you want to build, and then there's this point where you're like, oh wait, this has to scale. Right. Yeah. We tend to like pre-scale everything now. Like oh, I'm going to get into this cloud mm-hmm. and just sort of like set up 600 services in order to. And I just want to go back to the thing you said, right? Because people should understand this. Early days of the web, be like, oh, I got to put my stuff up on a website. And you would FTP something. And sometimes that looked like just dragging something into. C-panel. Yeah, or it looked like dragging stuff into a folder. Like you would fetch on the Mac and you would just drag it. And be like, this is my web folder with my web stuff. And I'm going to put it on my web server by dragging it. And the little dog, his legs would run. Oh, yeah. Right? (laughs) Exactly. So that was how easy it was. Like it took about five minutes to learn what the basics were. And then everything got really secure and locked down. And then deployment became this thing. And people kind of forgot that middle, that lower range. But, yeah. you know, getting
1: to the running dog, though, you needed to, like, get a web server, which, like, people didn't have. I'm not saying that it, was, Like, there was a lot leading up there. There totally but yeah.
0: was. But even, like, I'm a pretty skilled practitioner. It became exhausting to launch a website. Yes. There are all kinds of services. There are 50 services. So then you go read a Medium post about the 50 services. Then everyone would get excited about static or dynamic. And then, so that's why everybody gives up and hosts on WordPress. But um you hi everybody hi WordPress community big fans we are we love WordPress <laughs> we deploy it all the time however glitch kind of brings that back
2: yeah yeah I,
0: like it's a little running dog
2: yeah I think like I have probably and Gareth who's like our head of marketing he's great he goes through my GitHub repos of like yesteryear and he finds stuff like oh yeah we should like put this on glitch because i'm mm-hmm. just like anything that's on my github yeah let's like move it over because there's a lot of like fun stuff but there's a lot of like half finished things that are on my own computer because it's like oh i have this great idea i'm gonna spin up real quick or like stay up until four in the morning and be like okay it's working on my machine like now i'm gonna get online i'm like oh i don't have time for this and then it just sits alone on my computer and and you just sort of and it's like demoralizing when you have like a really great idea that you think is awesome. And now the way that we do it is we don't just like build a basic thing and build on from that. It is this very like we have to add everything to the app from the beginning before we even have a hello world. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why JavaScript and front-end development seems so much harder now than it used to be because it is because we have a different way of thinking, which I think is not right, but I can understand why? Because we have this idea that we have to try everything out. And then we have more companies who are building for the web than they used to. You know, we used to have all these desktop apps. I didn't care if someone had a desktop app, but now everything's on the web. It's like, oh, what do they use? And then they release a style guide and open source their stuff. And yeah, it's great. The open source community is getting more content from companies. But then it's like this cult of personality of how we have to like follow everything they're doing. Sure. It's hard. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I just like banged something out like in a weekend. I feel
1: like it takes me that long just to just to kind of get set up. And part yeah. of me was like, oh, maybe it's just because I'm older and I just have less time or like I have less patience. Um, but I too also have a trail of like you know kind of <laughs> a folder, a sad folder full of like un you know published things yeah. that I started and was super like excited about and worked on for a few hours and didn't get there. But I I love that idea of making that possible again.
0: You know, I think it used to be easier. Uh, just and like and this is. We were talking about IDEs and Java, and it was not a, it's not something I ever want to deploy in my life again. but Java would let you bundle up the Tomcat web server and write yeah. some code yeah. and, hit, and you would hit literally hit play and start to see how that would work on the web and it would take you 5 minutes to get to hello world with yeah. a real full like app server level engine and the same is also t- the same is a little bit true of django and the ones that, the ones that let you have a working dynamic web server with one command are really good i yeah. like that like a lot of the javascript frameworks do
2: i think like i loved tomcat and i like that that had the sort of like web interface play button mm-hmm. you know pause and stuff like that A lot of the JavaScript frameworks that are coming out and all the tooling is focused on the command line. And it's weird because the boom of computers in the household was to create a graphical user interface that was more friendly to everyone to use. And now, like in terms of web dev tooling, we're sort of going back to like everything's in the terminal on this like old-looking screen. I kind
0: of blame Amazon. I think it, you go; it's all just yeah. so. And you go to that web page where it's like, "Hey, log in your Amazon Web Services," and then you just get eye blasted with like seventy different icons. icons. Yeah,
2: I love that. <laughs> so my my former coworker was telling me like AWS is great because their documentation's so good, uh-huh. and I'm like the bar is so low. Like, yeah, yeah, they have everything documented, but I'm a very visual person. I can't read the manual. Like, that's have, not my...
0: You also just used to explore and play through the windows and sort of learn the basics that way yeah. and then go back to the docs. Like, yeah. that was where the Mac was magic early days. So it's a shame to have lost that. I think I think that's...
2: Which is funny. Whenever I use AWS, I f- use the CLI so I could avoid all those logos course, and icons and stuff. So, yeah, you're right. But the, the GUI tools created for... Command line stuff, like Git for example, like GitHub has their like GUI client. It's like not complete, mm-hmm. and so yeah. it's like more hazardous to use than going in the command line. And Git is incredibly hard. That's still like something I struggle with all the time. And I've used all the versioning tools, and Git, I it's hard to you teach. could lose a whole you could lose a whole afternoon.
1: Everybody, every the most experienced developers have Git yeah. WTF moments. We're yeah. just like, what is going on here? Everybody, mm-hmm. and like I still learn commands. I'm like, I had no idea that you could do this. It's true. Yeah, it's really true.
0: It's also sort of joyless to go in. Like many technologies, even like old Unix man pages. If you're like, I want to learn a little more about how this works, you you poke around. Git exploration is particularly unrewarding. Like you're like, oh, I can do that. That that's a that man page makes no sense and. I, I don't want to do this. Right, like, yeah. It's hard to experiment. You kind of wait for a failure state and then you spend six hours trying to figure out how to yeah. how to fix a failure so, state.
2: And then they're like, the great thing about it though is that you have the full history. So you can just like delete everything and start from like a previous shot. It's like, oh, why did I spent a whole afternoon on this. I could just be like deleting all my company's servers. Well, <laughs> like, they, they
0: built an enormous company out of how bad Git sucks. Like yeah, that is what GitHub true. really does. Is, true. You can look at things and find things and solve problems because the actual tool is bad. All right. So I'm a developer. I can go in, I can I can play around and mess around and, and deploy with my a little web server in using JavaScript really fast. Who else is glitch for?
2: Uh, I think that a great use case for Glitch is uh, for educators who want to teach code. You can create your own initial project and be like, okay, everyone go to this link. You can remix this and have your own copy of what this is. And now we can get started. When I used to teach CSS, I would start from like an already existing HTML project and I'd be like, go to this bit.ly link and copy this source code, open up a text editor, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. It just sort of standardizes the like early learning process. It removes that barrier to getting into it. Um, the thing I like about Glitch is that it looks like a standard code editor. It doesn't fit everything into one window, which some people miss when they're prototyping, but mm. I think that... I used to teach Java and there was one semester where they were like we're going to use BlueJ as an ID which is a very like visual drag and drop Java mm. ID and like Java not a drag and drop language they were trying to make it be like let's bring this down to like scratch level but then the next semester like oh we're not losing- using BlueJ anymore let's go back to JGRASP and then all the students were like what? What is this right. editor? Wait, where how, Where do I click and drag things? And and I want to introduce people to code in a friendly, cool looking environment, but something that they're not going to entirely miss when they move on to bigger tools. Because again, all these projects may scale at some point. Sure. There is this uh, startup based in New York called Lorem, as in like Lorem Ipsum. And they build their product and then like had to get rid of all of it and start from scratch. And they wanted to raise money really quickly. So they prototyped it in glitch and they raised a million dollars and they've since scaled to like a Heroku instance. So it's Mm like a great use case for people who are prototyping something, uh, People who might not have a development team that, but they're like a good product person and mm-hmm. they want to like raise funding. It's easy, I think it's easier now to raise funding without an actual product, so everyone, but it's just an idea. Like,
0: everyone who uses Glitch can raise a million dollars.
2: Everyone, yeah, that's actually yeah. The next ten people that sign up to glitch.com will get ten million dollars. <laughs> that's great. That's just how
0: funding's <laughs> gonna work in the future. Send
2: send, send your login uh, to Fog Creek Care of Anil Dash.
0: How many people? Definitely Anil Dash. How many people work on Glitch?
2: So there are seven of us on the team, but we have other people uh, like marketing and product that also work on it.
0: Well, and you're part of a larger company.
2: Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. We're part of Fog Creek, okay. which is about like 36 people, I think. And okay. yeah. And so I, <laughs> we had uh, our company offsite a couple of weeks ago, and I know that our team has seven because there was... Uh, me in the middle of the photo, and then three guys on each side of me facing it. It was very prom photo-like.
1: That was nice. <laughs>
2: nice. <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get in for telling them, sorry. sorry. As <laughs> long as you weren't on their shoulders. <laughs> I totally. was like, okay, how about you all lift me up and uh, yeah, lay down? Yeah, the it, was the pho- it was the photographer's idea. Uh, I think we all were kind of like, uh. uh
0: were yeah. you all wearing white?
2: No, but I had a dress on. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Well.
2: Dresses well, are cool. We'll see, yeah. it on, we'll
0: see it on the glitch.com website. The, nope.
2: um, no, no, <laughs> no, nope, Hard pass. Happen.
0: Okay. How did you get into this? Where did you start? What did you do? Uh,
2: I went to a lot of college. Um, I got my bachelor's in computer science, uh, in 2007 job market sucked back then. So I was like, this is
0: important to remember. Yeah. I mean, 10 years ago, there were no jobs for there people. There were no yeah. jobs. Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, I was interviewing at agencies and they would ask for code samples and they all just like stole my code samples, which is like on them because it was like shitty PHP. But like I would later see, and these are like all consulting companies that don't even exist anymore. And I see that their founders are looking at my LinkedIn, which is so great. Uh, Satisfying. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I was just like, well, job market sucks. So I'm just going to go right into grad school. Um, when I started college, I was like, oh, I want to be a professor. I want to teach. There's
0: a good grudge holding going on. Oh, I just want to call it out. I
2: am just, I, I'm full of opinions and grudges.
0: <laughs> you are uh so you get out of college there are no jobs yeah. so you're like more college
2: so I'll do, i'm like oh i'll just uh, get my master's um i was actually at that point i'm like well if i'm getting my master's i might as well get my phd and be a professor and i i had this thing like i my when i was growing up my father like was manager of restaurants and i was like a cook at outback Steakhouse at some point and any job that I had, I was kind of like, wow, like this is like run by a bunch of goons. Like I can do this better. So I was like, okay, oh, wait, one day no, I'm going to own my own restaurant. Stop. And then- <laughs>
0: stop. We're going to need to unpack a few things here.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> so I'm assuming the steaks are prepared just like anything, but let's yeah. talk bloom and onion for a minute.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, I love talking about how bloom and onions are made. Let's talk are about they that. They okay. make? Are they just oh, fun to yeah. make as so, they are to peel so
0: off? First of all, there's no onion.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. So I'll fried. tell you why there's no onion. So, first of all, there are onions. At least back when I was working there, there's large onions from South America called cock of the walk onions. Okay. We would slice them in half, and then we had like a thing that would. Is there a
0: selection process in store, or do they come to you?
2: They come to us, and so like I would just look at this onion, and like this kind of looks gross or isn't like big enough, and then. Okay, we toss so they
0: onions have a certain plumpness yeah and you select yeah. them
2: we select them we slice them in half we put it through um i forget the name of the thing that makes it the bloom shape
0: the bloomizer. yeah
2: we take these garbage pails which are not garbage pails no, that are no, used for garbage no. but <sighs> we fill them with cold water and we soak the onions overnight so that they swell to so like even bigger that's why the, you don't taste the onions because like they're not like it's just bitter anymore f- it's right? just they're fried just been... plant matter at that right point. Okay. exactly yeah and then they're fried to order Oh my God. So we so, just have these like garbage bins full of onions that were always in my friggin' way. So, so right now. <laughs> There's a lot I, of, there are a lot of tears. Yeah. So, some more onions, grudges, more as you can tell. So if
0: I went to Outback Steakhouse right now and ordered a bloomin' onion, first of all, it has taken a beautiful journey from South America. Uh-huh. Second of all, it's been in a big garbage bucket yeah. all night long. Yeah. And third Getting of all, down. someone like Jen Schiffer has dropped it in a fryer after battering yeah. it.
2: well, no, I didn't. I didn't do the. I did more of the prepping. Because you had
0: self respect, yeah. you just, Yeah, yeah no. Was-
2: well, you know, the the front of the line was uh not not as my my father was my manager, and he's like, oh, it's not a place for girls. Really? Yeah.
0: What happened at the
2: front of the line? It's just a bunch they of just, just a bunch of guys. fried dick oh. Jokes like oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was yeah. like, my daughter yeah. is not going to yeah. hang out with and these you know, guys. And you know, like. I always tell them, like, oh, you know how, like, people are, like, in kitchen restaurants, but, like, a lot of people have worked in a restaurant. Like, the guys are always, ask my dad, like, you know, can I marry Jen? So, my dad had to deal with a lot of, like, the guys being like, oh, your uh, daughter. You know I like mean? Your, so, like,
0: 17-year-old daughter. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah. I can see as a dad just being...
2: As a mom, yeah. I'm
1: enraged by the idea. Yeah. Honestly,
2: yeah, no, yeah. So, yeah, and, and was, also it was weird. Is like my my dad and I don't have much relationship, and so that was probably the closest we had ever been was when I worked for him. Sure. And so it was not only like I don't know, it was just a very interesting dynamic, and I was just looking to like make some cash so I can get out of there.
1: So you had an aspiration to open your own restaurant, given yeah. this scenario. Yeah, I was scenario. like, I was
2: like, these guys are all a bunch of ding dongs, like. I can like do this. So I, I had always been like, Oh, one day I want to open up a restaurant. And then when I went to college, some of my classes, some of the professors was like, these guys are ding dongs. Like I could right. totally do this better. Um, <laughs>
1: Witnessing incompetence is definitely one of my main motivators yeah, too. Like yeah. you, that like, you have no idea what you're doing. I, you and I think, like, that, I think show that's you. why I'm in community now. was just
2: like, Oh, these people are ding dongs. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, um, I got my master's and, um, I had to take a leave of absence because my partner at the time got really sick and couldn't work and that was like a whole other mess. And then we like ended things and I went back to finish uh, my master's on another project because I like divorced my previous advisor, which is like a whole other thing that a lot of women in grad school actually experience and finished it probably five years after I had started and at that time I had become a department administrator in the computer science department that I got both my degrees in because you
0: was, literally were walking around there going like I could this could get done so yeah. much better yeah
2: and so I was doing curriculum planning advising students recruiting like basically and teaching like doing a whole bunch of stuff um with the professors that I was you know years before being like a bunch of ding dongs! And then it got to the point where did you find
0: them to be less ding dongy as time went on, or more? Absolutely not. Oh boy. Oh
2: god, absolutely. (laughs) And and then when I was on a position, do we want to
0: name this school, or is it better now not to name it?
2: Um, I mean, people can find out it's Montclair State University. It's a state university. I mean, it's I will say, and and the women in that department saved my life. Like I. When I was in high school, I was kicked out. I was basically homeless the second half of my uh, senior year of high school, and I was like, "I'll join the Coast Guard." So I like got accepted in the Coast Guard Academy, and then I was like, "Wait, what the hell wow. am I thinking?" And I was like, "No, I'm not going go to go the Coast Guard," which they don't like to hear. Uh, <laughs> when they think they've recruited you, and you're like J.K., and they're like, "What?" No, what? No, um, they've, they've, that's,
0: what? that spreadsheet's already filled out. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. You just messed uh, with somebody's bonus. But uh,
2: but I I ended up getting this scholarship that doesn't exist anymore of course where it's like if you stayed i was going to school in new jersey if you stayed in new jersey at a state school we will pay for your tuition mm-hmm. and so then i started getting calls from different departments of like different colleges that i never even like heard of because i wasn't paying attention really and then a uh, the department chair of montclair state's computer science department this woman dorothy dreamer she does she's retired now she called and she's just like um we would love to have you in the computer science department i was like looking at aerospace engineering and she was just like we don't have aerospace at montclair state but we have computer science we really love to have you here and i was like oh like and what's your role there she's like i'm the department chair and i was like oh wow like you're the first woman i've talked to um and she's really nice and she was like we have your like last few marking period scores and I had a really shitty uh, AP calculus teacher who really disliked me. Um, it was a, it was like an abusive relationship um, from his end because I was like a teenager. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did poorly in the class because I just like stopped going. Uh, and so she was just like, "What? what is the deal? Like you were getting A's and then you got like a D this one marking period. And I explained it to her and she was just like, I totally get it. Like still want to come and like talk to you. And I was like wow for once in my life an adult listened to me mm-hmm. and like, yeah, like believe me yeah one. and asked listened me and yeah. was like okay yeah i, I still see wasn't that happened. i still wasn't sure how she got my phone number that was like i, I always get weird out when people call my number and i haven't given them my number but i was just like oh this is like really cool so i went to montclair state she retired before i became an department administrator but she like busted her ass dealing with some of these professors that just seemed to like not want to do anything but just like fight her and then i was in a role where i was creating more work for them more work Mm -hmm. is in like their bare minimum and it just became a toxic thing and i remember one professor and i got into a fight and he was like you're never gonna be like a real engineer you're gonna be like working here for the rest of your life and i was like i'll get a job in two weeks and then two weeks later i was at the mba nice you're never gonna be a real engineer i hate yeah what was awkward is i still had it i still still had to teach a graduate web development course the next semester because i had like i said i'd do it i was like i'm not gonna drop out no one else would be able to teach it which says a lot about the department back then and uh i saw him in the hallway like three months later i just gave him the finger because i'm like they're not gonna (laughs) fire me no one else (laughs) will teach this class (laughs) (laughs) State yeah. school
0: academic drama yeah. is a very specific thing. My dad yeah. was a, a college prof in, in um, a little state school and taught creative writing. And so I would just hear stories of the English department. Mm-hmm. And he was definitely one of the ones who just was like, I'm going to teach my classes and kind of hang back. He didn't want to be department chair. He just was yeah. doing his stuff. And um, yeah, there's something about those environments that just makes them go really toxic really fast.
2: It's such a shame. It's And it's really hard to, I think, and I think it's a big part of, Uh, an issue with diversity in technology because I have this personality where like if, if a guy is like, you're not going to do this and I'm like, no, I'm going to do it and then give you the finger three months later. Mm-hmm. But I've just been like blessed where I can like be in a position to do that. I have a very like much, and I think it's from being kicked out as a teen, like nothing to lose attitude about things. And but a lot of people have things to lose. They have families. They need to like, you know what I mean? I don't, I, I'm basically on my own and that's just my, how I choose to do things. And uh, I just, it sucks that I imagine that they're a woman who entered my role after I left. I'm like, I couldn't imagine this happening to her. She had a few kids and I'm like, I just hope that they treat her nicer than they treated me. Like, it's not fair that they get away with those sort of things. And I thought that in academia, it would be easier for them to get away with things because of tenure. But then in tech, there's like this fake tenure idea where like mm-hmm. everyone's getting away with everything up until like fairly recently but still it's all kind of like smoky mirrors I think.
0: All right so deep motivation from spite gets you to the <laughs> NBA yeah, <laughs> um, and a couple other jobs then then glitch.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay yeah and then. What so do you- I've been
2: in the industry for about four, five years. Okay. So pretty mm-hmm. new. Yeah, because it was MBA, then Boku for consulting for a few years and then Fog Creek.
0: But a little longer because you're getting, I mean, being a grad, getting a grad degree feels like being in the industry in a weird way.
2: Yeah, and I was, I was freelancing because, um, you know, they don't really pay you all that much. No. Right. In uh, yeah, grad school. Counts. Or that even counts. as, a, you know, I mean, my, my benefits as a state employee were pretty rad. If you're going to go into academia, go to a state school. Like, I got like, Twenty five percent off my phone bill, mm-hmm. like it's just so yeah, weird. Yeah, they're good oh, with unions random. too. The world yeah. is so yeah. It's true. yeah. Yeah.
0: So, what do you do all day?
2: Yeah, your title
1: is community engineer. Yeah, I'm
2: to talk about that. Okay, a little bit. Yeah. Um. Gosh, what do I do all day? Well, um, I do a mix of. Writing apps in Glitch for people to use, you know, for example, like all those all things so no one has to do it just to show people what they can do with it.
0: So you're still kind of programming every day?
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of like speaking conferences or podcasts and stuff. Um,
1: and that's the com- part of the community part. Right,
2: right, right. I mean, I'm on like Twitter and various other sites. Like, you know, I don't engage... On Reddit, but I do look at what people are posting because people do post their glitch projects and stuff on there. So I'm just always, like, all over the internet looking at what people are doing and reaching out and stuff, basically just engaging with the community.
0: What's the community like?
2: The community is exactly what I had dreamed that it would become. Like, And and it's, it's new, and it feels like it's been super easy. It's been happening, like, on its own. But it's, like, a lot of very creative people who... Are always making things but not finishing them because there wasn't really a space online to build stuff. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things is that uh, the web VR community has like fallen in love with Glitch. Like there's this oh, project me- out of Mozilla A-Frame, and mm-hmm, like web sure. VR like five years ago is like VR in the web. That's like not going to be a thing. I can hardly get like my Ember project to like load up fast enough. And now there's VR in the web. And so people are sharing, like, some really cool, fun stuff and then remixing and learning it. In fact, the A-Frame community, their education resources use Glitch primarily because it's like, hey, here's this cool, free thing that will get this cool, fun thing you made up and running immediately. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, Glitch isn't like a... a a community site in the way that I think about community sites, like with comments and that you can't even really, there aren't even really like profiles or like ways to send messages or like comments on other people's work. So it's interesting, but, but you are remixing other people's work and you can contribute to someone else's. So it's, it's a little yeah. bit like GitHub a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's but with less talking to one another, which is kind of cool, <laughs> except in the comments yeah. of like the
1: actual code or um, in the work.
2: Yeah. We, when I had first joined, there was talk about like, you know, multiple users can be working on a, on a project, um, and we have this help feature where you can ask the community for help and let people in to help you out. Oh, um, right, right. And there was talk about, like, oh, should we add, like, a chat? And I started getting, like, heart palpitations because someone in the community, I'm just like, I don't think that we are technologically or emotionally prepared to handle like right, because being amount of, a platform right. for commu- like real-time communication outside of like code comments and stuff like that. Right,
1: like the amount of moderation and just direction right, yeah, and right. sort of cat herding
2: that that entails. Yeah. Is, yeah I mean, so even difficult. like I, I joined in February and we didn't launch the, the rename to Glitch until like a month and a half later. And so that same week we were announcing Glitch and also me joining and i remember anil and i at lunch like talking to some of the other fog creakers about like we have to be proactive about this possibly being used as a tool for harassment since we have so much publicity going around it and anil and i love to be rabble rousers on twitter and therefore we have quite a few people who dislike us immensely like this is like a reality and i was kind of like on the inside it's like oh gosh this is like how my my co that are fairly new are being introduced to me like <laughs> but no everyone there is like so great and like yeah
0: i think you know increasingly too people we've all everybody has seen the consequences at this point of yeah. like unfiltered harassment and even people who aren't focused on that part of the world and ideologically don't have a lot of opinions don't want to see lives just destroyed by the tool they're building
2: right yeah although like there are plenty of things that I've seen people make and have been used for harassment. And I say like, what are you doing to stop this? And they're kind of just like, Oh, it's just a few edge cases. And in my mind, and I think this is a very much like a designer mantra is like, there's no such thing as edge cases. Mm -hmm. Like, and I just would feel so guilty. Like if something that I was putting all of like my heart and soul into was being used to like remove someone else's heart and soul.
0: Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. The thing that's nice about glitch to me is that it's really about the work. Like it's about making an artifact. Yeah. And like, not enough of the everything has been for maybe the last ten years about building a network where everyone will contribute to the giant hive. Yeah. And and so that part's really fun. Like I made a thing. Yeah. That's a that's an old old school energy that I just really miss, and so it's been fun to see that come back.
2: And I think and I think it's bringing two things that are really important to me. One is like the whole view source like right. like culture cuz like how I learned how to build on the web's viewing source of pages and now how we're building websites sometimes like muddies up that source through our like build processes and like with glitch you can view the source of that as well as the server side like code which you can't do in browsers normally. And then the other thing is the idea of like ownership. Like I'm always wary of using services that that I have to buy into their philosophy on how to code or like where my stuff lies. And with glitch, it's just an editor. You can code how you want to code and you can export it to GitHub. You can download a zip file, but like what you made is yours. You can take it. Like someone's like, Oh, what if I hit, we have like 128 megabyte disks limit right now. And we haven't created any off ramp, like premium features yet where you could possibly expand, but that's like definitely something we may have down the line. But it might get the point, like an example of that startup that raised a million, like they scaled beyond what we provide them and they moved on to Heroku. And it's like, that's great. Like, that's yeah. how technology works. Like, we we love being like the sort of beginning of that story. Um, we don't expect you to have to stay with us and we're not going to like lock you into staying with us because it's just Mm -hmm. like it's not good for community and that's really what we're trying to focus on
0: if people are creating value and in their in their world and then there's you can't capture all that value that's okay that's just like that ideology has arisen where it's like you have to capture all the value created on your platform and make sure you just don't have to Yeah.
2: yeah i think i think that also applies when you work somewhere it's like People may leave your company. They should be your like alumni, not your ex coworker, ex employee. Um, I mean, I've had. When I, were, when I left the MBA, the uh, CIO was like, you'll be back. I'll put money on it or whatever. And like was like pretty rude to me. And, you know, there was no reason for that. They could have just said like, oh, we're glad that you started your journey with us. No, no, yeah, glad to have had you as life. long as we Yeah, did, and, yeah. Like, so so it's like we have
0: not- a party with toasts. I mean, it's, it's <gasps> just, yeah, sometimes you're nice. not in the mood. Sometimes you're like, I have to replace you now. Yeah. And that's exhausting. Yeah. But at the same time, like people need to go on and do the thing that they need to do. Right. My right. Lord. Right. Yeah. That's that's just not even that complicated. And it's okay if somebody's entire life and vision doesn't align with your needs. Anyway, my goodness. <laughs> I, I will say that the thing this conversation made me want to do more than anything else is just go screw around with javascript on the internet yeah i know
1: i know let's write some server side code in the browser but also browser code in the browser on on glitch
0: let's do that because we have a lot of time here at (laughs) postlight these
1: days Um,
0: that's a little that's a little joke for the audience postlight is very 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 busy and so is gina like gina particularly is very busy right now and
1: but we're very uh, available to help you we
0: are dear listener no we're working together to find the balance in our lives that we so need um so let's thank Jen Schiffer for coming in and talking to us. Thanks for having me. It's yeah, been great. thanks for
2: coming in. This is great. You uh, both are great.
0: Thank you. You're great, too. Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> so, Gina, let's say goodbye to the nice people.
1: Thanks for listening to Track Changes. This was a lot of fun.
0: You know, if you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email at hello at postlight.com. That's all there is to it. Hello at postlight.com. Yeah. You could also choose to give this a five-star rating on iTunes. That's up to you. That's a choice that you get to make and we'll never know. We will never know. So, uh, but, but we'd love to hear from you. And we'll feel the generosity radiate back towards us. So if you need something built and actually if you are looking for work, we are looking for product managers and we are looking for engineers and we are looking for uh, designers too. So hit our website at postlight.com uh, or just send an email to hello at postlight.com and we will route you appropriately thank you everyone for listening jen thank you for coming on thank you okay bye everybody have a good week